You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. Hello, yes, and welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. The podcast is coming home. We're back from our World Cup break, uh, which is a little bit longer than we intended, so we apologize for that. But, um, you know, lots of soccer talk out there in the, the internet, out there in the world, the blogs, the newspapers. Apparently Harrison's on the radio in Arkansas. Uh, just talking the World Cup. So let's not try to pretend like that wasn't the dominant story. Harrison, it's good to hear. It's good to talk to you again. I've missed you so much. Dude, I know. We got to, we got to catch up a little bit before, uh, before we started. That was fun. And uh, yeah. yeah, this has been a crazy how... three weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks? <laughs> so how, how has your World Cup been going? I know that we've been kind of um, being analysts around a little bit for this sort of thing. And... I don't know about you, but uh, most of my predictions have been completely wrong. I had I had <laughs> England getting into the top four, and so um, into the really? final four. So I felt really good about that, and I had them losing in the final four. And I thought something crazy was going to happen. Um, so I feel really, I do feel really smart about that. Uh, however, I had Argentina winning it, so let's, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't Whoops. say like I'm some smart guy here. I'm, I'm just as dumb as everyone else. Now, um, yeah, like the only thing I think that I've predicted correctly, well, I don't even know if it's correct yet, it'll probably not happen now, but is that France would win. So like that's my last egg uh, left in the basket, but I got literally everything else wrong, so... Uh, oh, <laughs> anything oh, like oh. Had, Did you see the? Oh, what do you got? I had France beating Croatia in the round of sixteen. That that should be something that I'm watching for. Yeah. That's personal to me. What was your gonna? What were you gonna ask? You go. I was gonna say. So, is there anything um, you've seen? Uh, I know we've been talking about this World Cup a lot with other people and, and various places, and uh, a lot of people just kind of want like a sort of what's going on with this World Cup? Like, why is this so interesting? Why is this so like? Uh, gripping. It seems like we've got upsets. It seems like we've got, um, you know, a lot of just crazy things happening. Late drama, a lot of extra time, a lot of penalties. Uh, it turns out, really, this isn't that unusual for a tournament like this. Like, that kind of stuff does tend to happen just as the nature of knockout games are. Uh, but I wonder if there's, like, some holistic, like, things you've seen in this World Cup that have sort of stuck out to you as an interesting, uh, interesting phenomenon. Um, I think two things. Uh, first of all, the complete switch to zonal marking uh, on set plays. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel like there's a lot of talk about this leading up to it. So maybe uh, that's just kind of the buzzword that's that's happened. But it seems like a lot of teams for this tournament switch to zonal marking, uh, you know, which is just, you know, a player occupying a specific space being responsible for it. And I feel like a lot of teams took advantage of that, which has kind of led to a lot of set piece goals. Um, so I think that's really interesting for a lot of different ways. Uh, one of those being it helps kind of, um, it helps take away a little bit of the talent gap, right? Um, it yep, helps sure. kind of different. Uh, helps allows teams that are kind of the underdog uh, differentiate themselves a little bit more and allows them to uh, basically compete against some of these uh, titans, if you will, in uh, in the World Cup. And then the other thing, uh, just really simply, is that um, you can't. There's so much chaos in soccer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, it's so much uh, just chaos. I feel like with a lot of like video review, we've seen maybe more penalties than we normally would have, and I think that's kind of swayed some matches in ways that ordinarily wouldn't have. And I think that's a great equalizer, too. I think that the bigger sides, I do. I do believe they tend to get those calls more often in these types of matches because your mind, even if you're as good as a lot of these referees are, and some of them are, are, are fantastic, you know, is to kind of resolve the situation to what it would appear to, sh appear to should be. Do you know what I mean? 
Well, I mean, you look at the end of England, uh, Croatia, and the appeal for the handball there at the last moment. Um, he did not look like he was going to give it. And for whatever reason, at the last second, things just kind of swayed him. And, you know, he was just like, okay, yes, handball. Yeah. And there was no, there was nothing other than the appeal. And, um, yeah, I think at some point there's a bias, uh, and in, and not to like call out referees as you know being these horrible people. They're human, just like all of us. All of us have yeah. inherent biases, and we we've talked about this before on this uh, on this as far as referees go. I think it's a little bit smaller than than what everyone gives it credit. Um, sure, but I think that there absolutely is a bias with that, and I think um, the other side oh man you you had just pointed it out and i kind of just lost it well we've just this video review we've kind of seen some of that bias like yeah kind of maybe fade to a little bit yeah so i was gonna say the video with the video review um you saw this with france and belgium i thought it was much more clean um you saw a lot of you saw a lot of defending that necessarily wasn't as physical as mm-hmm. i feel like semifinals have been now croatia england seemed a little bit more uh, a little bit more physical but that just kind of seemed to be based off of what the referee allowed uh, early on in the game and just kind of was consistent throughout the match like i'm pretty sure like 12 different guys got mugged and you know Murder. Oh, to be oh. sure. To be sure, there was, there and, and that's on both sides. That's not one team yeah. specific. But I, uh, I mean, Lovren was was particularly. Uh, yes, that, <laughs> particularly. That, that was, if we're going to point out one player, let's yes, say absolutely. clumsy in the challenge. Clumsy in the challenge <laughs> is what I believe I heard one of the English broadcasters describe it as uh, in one of their wonderful turns of phrases. So, yeah, I agree. I think that it, it's been uh, there's been a little bit more of a closing of the gap. I do think that we were kind of looking at a situation this time around where they're really the Titans we imagined were kind of just that. Like every team had vulnerabilities and every team had weaknesses and um, you know, nobody stood out as like this kind of all-conquering force like the Brazils of the past or the Spains, you know, earlier this decade or, you know, even uh, to a certain degree Germany. Um, you know, in the last couple of World Cups, it, it's it's kind of an interesting place for the sport to be at on a worldwide thing where I kind of feel like, I mean, look, Croatia could win a World Cup. Like, that's a huge thing. And that kind of puts a lot of uh, interest in this for me because while France is very young, like, they could still be a good team in the next cycle. Like, a lot of these guys are still going to be there and maybe even getting better. Um, but I still think that in the next cycle, too, we're going to see a lot more of this as well, that like maybe some other teams are going to kind of rise to this top tier that we've kind of seen exclusively held by Argentina, France, Brazil, Germany, and Spain. I think we've also seen some of these managers like Deschamps, like uh, Southgate, like Roberto Martinez. They kind of got a little bit clever with their tactics. And I think that we saw kind of some some changes in tactics and some evolution. I mean, that's why, you know, John Carlo uh, won uh, – Carlos Osorio basically uh, stunted Germany in that first game. Um, they they got the tactics completely right, and then on top of that, they executed it perfectly. Which it, I mean, so that has to happen, right? Um, I feel like Belgium had the right tactics. Uh, they made some modifications uh, throughout the game. They didn't necessarily execute it perfectly, and that was the difference between them and France. Um, there's probably some yeah. other things that you could probably point out. Um, you know, expected goals was much more in favor of France. Um, but ultimately, I kind of feel like that was those are some of the differences in these types of close games. Tactics, when we're talking about one single game, um, expected goals is great, and it's a great tool when we're talking about a long season and over, you know, five games, over six games, but you're hoping at most that you're playing, that you're having to win. What's how long is the world cup? Six, seven games. Yeah. So yeah, you want seven um, games basically at the most. Yeah. So you, you that, was, that was just kind of what I, yeah, yeah. And that was, the, that was one of the things that, uh, I guess probably the third thing that, uh, really, uh, just struck out at me was the use of tactics. I mean, just from everything from, you know, overloading one side on a kickoff to um, 
basically converting a wing back, a winger to a a, a center back, and uh, that Roberto Martinez kind of did with uh, some of his clever uh, maneuvering mm-hmm. there uh, against Brazil. It, it, there's just <laughs> lots of little things that that kind of yeah. stood out to me. So it's uh yeah, it, it it we definitely see that Belgium was probably my favorite team in the tournament, uh, just for sheer amusement uh watching you know like Fulani kind of get a lot of time in there and be effective and Lukaku I think really stood out this tournament as as I know he's not going to win the golden boot but for me I think he stood out as a more dominant player than Harry Kane um you know who's certainly benefited from penalties and a couple corner kicks and Lukaku was way more was way better off the ball than what Harry Kane was Way better. Yeah. Like the the um, influences of uh, Lukaku were felt through all the various, um, all the various open play action. Versus, you know, Harry Kane was very much um, either dead ball or penalty kicks. I, I don't feel like I, especially towards the end of the Croatia game, I really didn't feel like he was very involved um, mm. as much as what he probably should have been to try to help his team get over that that mark. Yeah. But I mean, overall, I think this was a better England, and I know a lot of there are a lot of England fans out there, so that that probably listen to this show that have some some connection there. And I, I do want to say that it was a it was a really good tournament for them. Uh, you know, they were excellent at getting the results they needed, um, right up until the end there when, uh, you know, it's soccer. Like a guy heads a ball, hoping that it lands someplace dangerous, and lo and behold, it lands right at the feet of Mario Mandzukic, and that's just something that's that going to happen. That was crazy. That first step is crazy. He's really good at that player. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Croatia is a very interesting team. I think we you wrote about them a little bit. I read and we talked about it while you were doing that. That they're sort of they're not one you think of because you don't really see all these players together very much um, because they're kind of spread out across Europe in various leagues. I think and um, when they all come together, you're like, oh, they have a lot of great players on this team, and they really, really do. So. Uh, it's going to be a good final. I think before we, we leave the World Cup behind, i gotta, I got to get your predictions here. France or Croatia? Who's going to take it all, Harrison? I mean, I think it's probably France. It's got to uh, be that's, France, That's yeah. the most probabilistic uh, out, outcome, uh, especially being that you know, Croatia has now played three 120-minute games. I, <laughs> and, and France has an extra day of rest, too. Just and, to that in yeah, there. that extra yeah. day of rest. Um, not to mention the fact that, I mean, they are way more uh, suited to the break. Mm-hmm. And to and the direct style, which is kind of needed to uh, subvert the high press that Croatia institutes. So yeah. Mbappe is um, just going to go do Mbappe things, and Pogba. Yeah, well, do and that's what I kept and... waiting for Raheem Sterling to do, right? Like I yeah. expected Raheem Sterling to have kind of his coming out Mbappe game, and he looked good early on, and but he just there just seemed to be just short in a few think, yeah, uh, moments. I, I think he had good matches this tournament. I, I think you'll see things that didn't show up in the score sheet, and that's kind of, unfortunately, like when you only have five games to kind of display yourself, like, you know, it, hard work isn't necessarily going to do it in the eyes of, of the press. But, but overall, yeah, I, I think for all, uh, yeah, a breakout player of the World Cup, I think obviously is, I mean, Mbappe. We knew he was good, uh, it, you know, when we, we saw him with Monaco and then PSG last season, but... Um, you know, he's going to be looking at right now is like he's going to be the one kind of receiving that torch, <laughs> I think, uh, going forward uh, in the eyes of the world. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how he handles that on a global scale. And again, um, you know, that's that's European soccer. So we don't get into that too much here. But it is uh, it, it has been quite an occasion. And I'm, I'm going to sorely miss the World Cup when it's gone and, and having all this soccer on every day to talk about. Yeah, no, that's 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 gonna it's gonna all of a sudden leave a kind of a a, a hole in all of our lives all of a sudden that um, <laughs> people are that, gonna care what we think a lot less uh, starting Monday. Oh, they really are. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're gonna get a lot fewer emails. Um, so I don't know about you. Yeah, I definitely will be. So, <laughs> all right, World Cup. Let us move on to the main dish. Why we're here today, and that's Major League Soccer. Um, we've had some matches. I don't think that there have been too many. Uh, I, I, they've been completely overshadowed by the World Cup, and that's understandable considering. Um, but And there's actually a game going on right now, which I completely forgot about. But New York City is playing Montreal at this moment in time while we're recording. I believe it's 0-0 still. Yeah, 0-0 going into half. Um, 
But what it is is uh, we have, at some point in the last three weeks, I don't remember if it was last week or week before, we crossed the halfway line of 2018 in Major League Soccer. And what that means is that the fans of Major League Soccer got on a website and voted, or they went on a video game and played with a video game player and voted and selected the Major League Soccer All-Star team. And as per usual, they did a terrible job. <laughs> and so uh, I know that's not a hot take, and I know I sound like I hate fun, and a lot of people are just kind of like, oh, who cares? I don't care. But it's worth noting that if we're going to pick the best 11 players to play, we should pick the right 11 players, in my opinion. But if we're not going to do that, um, officially, at least we can do it here on our own show and on our own websites uh, because it's good to generate clicks. So I guess we all win. Yeah, at a, at a certain level, like that's that's ultimately we want people to read our stuff. While yeah. it, it's it's really um, niche and it, it's got its own uh, subsection of a very small, <laughs> already small fan base. Um, yeah. yeah, making a list of all-stars is a great way to get anybody interested, uh, even if you're not interested in analytics. Yeah, and, and look, I could really care less about the All-Star game. That being said, it is kind of fun to look over the past half season and say, um, and, and just kind of pick out who have been the best players, because I don't think that's an easy task. Oh, and I'm glad that I don't actually have to pick the real team, because I would be paralyzed with doubt. But for this uh, imaginary game of the mind, in which I have a team and you have a team, we're going to discuss kind of where we want to go with that. Um but so I have uh, 11 players, seven substitutes, and I swear to God, 16 honorable mentions. Uh, and so glad that you have that many because that's how many I have. Yeah. And so, and I could really plug in play any of these players, and it would not be like the most ridiculous thing. Like only a couple of them would be like, oh, come on, out of left field. This was a really hard thing to do. Like you have to pick one player of every position. And except for maybe, and I think we'll talk about this very soon coming up here in a minute, is so for maybe left back, I feel like there was so much competition for every place uh, on this team. We decided to go with a 4-3-3, um, which is kind of the standard all-star game format. Though I probably would have maybe done a little bit better with a 4-4-2. I don't know. But, um, you know, the three we're going to use kind of wingers. So uh, we'll, we'll get into all that now. But we got a 4-3-3, seven subs. Uh, these are our official... Harrison and Ian's all-star teams. Um, oh, you should have come up with names for our teams. You could have been like Harrison's heavy hitters and Ian's immortal incubi. That's a terrible name. We'll do. We'll, we'll, it, 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 I don't even know why you went with I. Yeah. That, that was just a really strange choice. <laughs> well, it's my name, Ian. So it, okay, I was trying all to right. do that. I was trying to use alliteration. Uh, um, all right, fair enough. We'll workshop that before. Anyway, uh, Upshot, uh, when you're hearing this, in the next day or two, uh, we'll be tweeting uh, from the American Soccer Analysis account. We will kind of have an article about this on the website. Maybe we'll have some uh, all-star picks from other ASA guys. I'm gonna, we're unsure about that, but you'll, you'll get to get in and have your say a bit. And, and that's when you can kind of yell at us and tell us that we're wrong. Uh, and I will tell you right now that there are a lot of picks on which I think we're going to be wrong. And it, it won't be hard to convince. So let's start with the man between the sticks. Um, this was a tough one for me, but I'm very happy with my pick. And uh, But uh, I'll let you go first. Who who is who For Harrison's heavy hitters, who is your goalkeeper? I, I'm shocked that you said that it was a tough one for you because I thought for sure I knew who you were going to grab yeah. and there was going to be like five seconds of thought put into it. I put a lot of thought into this. Okay, me too. And I made a chart. I made a spreadsheet just of goalkeepers. <laughs> I feel like we're we've become really good friends over the last year. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I selected for my goalkeeper uh, from the Portland Timbers, Jeff Antonella. What? Yes, Jeff Antonella. So Antonella doesn't play; hasn't played a <laughs> lot. Okay. Uh, which is probably why he is uh, somewhat uh, under uh, the radar right now. A lot of this uh, has been about Matt. Uh, Turner this this past year, right? Yeah, uh, and, and what he's all done, both from uh, a save perspective and from an expected goal perspective, which he leads uh, our tables, uh, kind of. And that's where I kind of, if you to kind of, I mean, yeah, okay, go ahead. 
Right. So if you actually kind of uh, start lowering things and you start including uh, what Antonella has done on a per game basis, he's actually on pace to outpace Matt Turner, basically. Right. But that, okay. But for me, there's like a threshold. How many minutes does Jeff Antonella have? Do you have that in 800. front of He okay, has so almost was... 900 minutes. That's not bad. That could work. So, uh, uh, yeah, right. yeah it, it's, it's a little bit cheating. Uh, just because it it obviously, um, but his uh, expected goal, uh, excuse me, his goal minus expected goal is three and a half. Uh, Matt Turner's is at seven. It, it really was kind of there. Um, I, I took Antonella just because I kind of liked what he's been able to do. Uh, from a distribution perspective, um, I've watched a few Portland Timber games recently, and it just he, he just kind of stuck in my mind as I really liked him. That's who I was going to go with. Wow. Uh, he was not anywhere near my radar uh, at all. Um, my guy, uh, it was, it was. It was a guy I've been trumpeting for a long time, and I want to be like, I think I was the first one to stake a place on the Matt Turner bandwagon. But there were a couple weeks while we were talking about this where he kind of fell behind some millions and metrics. And so I had some doubts. I had some last-minute doubts. I had people in my ears say, it's got to be Amelia. It's got to be Amelia. I had someone say, it's got to be Evan Bush. I had someone say, it's got to be Stephen Fry. All good choices. All good goalkeepers doing good things. But for me, Matt Turner has made – he's just like been the biggest surprise for me this season. I think he's been so consistently good. And like you said, he leads all of our metrics. And um, you know, when we do the article, uh, we'll, we'll have like more numbers out there. It'll be easier to kind of visualize where people are. Um, but for me, he stood out in so many key metrics and, um, I just think that he's been like a big force on why new England is, is, is kind of doing so well. Like, I think that there's, there's, they've had, they've not had that kind of stability uh, in the back for a while. And I just really like what's happened with new England. And I really like what I've seen from this kid, Matt Turner. So he is my, uh, he is my goalkeeper. All right. Well, uh, on to the defensive line. And um, I, I will say, do you want to start with the left or the right? I'll let you go first. Let's start with left back. Let's start with left back. And this You're not was, like I think, my from left back. It's going to have a. It's going to be another minute okay. thing. Okay. But <laughs> well, go ahead. All right. uh, I will say that I think for me, left back was the hardest position to pick in this, and not because there were too many great choices. Uh, I think. Overall, I think that there's a little bit... This has been kind of an underwhelming year for left-backs. You know, we lost Jovan Jones in, in the season. I think he's kind of been up near the top of that... Kind of that top tier. Um, but, uh, all right, well, let's, let's, you, let, let's let you go first. Let's let you go first. You're going to... Uh, okay. Well, so, as I said... <laughs> Minutes, I, I try to use a threshold of about a thousand minutes, which was at this point in the season about roughly over half, but not quite two thirds, right? Yeah. Um, this individual basically came just short of it. However, they are leading the expecting passing for left backs, uh, not just left backs, but uh, uh, I think they're, yeah, for left backs. And they also. Uh, they're really high in their tackle percentage. Uh, their DFAs, defensive actions were really high. Um, so, and on top of that, um, their expected buildup was uh, was towards the top of uh, their peers. So, I went with Jimmy Madronda. Okay, that's cheating. Like that's totally. Cheating. <laughs> I mean, I would have picked him too, but I don't. I don't consider him a left back at this point. I mean, that's where the majority of his minutes came from. So, are otherwise, they? are they? I thought he was more of a left mid, but I did not. I, I, I kind of mentally put him out of my mind because of that. That might have been uh, a mistake on my part, but he has been good. Uh, Fair enough. SKC defenders are, are excellent. So you're saying this guy's got, yeah, yeah, I like Jimmy Madronda. I like Jimmy Madronda a lot. I, I, for the record, um, I, I did also kind of have the same, like, I feel like he should be a winger, uh, but, uh, and obviously Peter Vermees has toyed with both sides of that. Uh, but uh, right now he's kind of still kind of coming out of that uh, the, the left back spot. There's a couple other people that have kind of. When I threw this out, I don't know if you saw. I tweeted out who was the the best left back in the league uh, yesterday, and it was more because I was looking at. Uh, 
uh, Maynard Figueroa and then uh, Ryan Hollingshead and doing some comparisons. And I basically wanted a litmus test to say, okay, this is how the best look. This is how these two look. Let's try to, you know, find where they fit uh, among those, uh, you know, who's better, who's worse type of deal and how much better, how much worse. And Jimmy Majonda just continually at every uh, he was thrown out by a couple different people, but as I went through that, he just continually just jumped out as far as what he was able to do. Uh, granted, again, there's some time considerations. He hasn't played a lot. He played under a thousand minutes. I think he has 800 minutes or 700 minutes. Um, so it was close, uh, but I feel like he's the best right now. All right, I can take that. <clears throat> I can accept that. Um, Who did you go with for well, on your left back side? Uh, this was a tough one for me, and I think um, I, this is just a personal preference, and maybe I just wanted to maybe give a little shout-out to someone that's not going to get the shout-out. But for me, uh, Ian's Immortals uh, left back is uh, Edgar Castillo of the Colorado Rapids, who I think has been... Uh, very good and solid on a very, very bad team, and that, that means a lot to me. And he's been kind of more of a wingback, um, but, uh, you know, like really solid numbers defensively, uh, you know, averaging a couple tackles, a couple interceptions, a couple clearances game, very good on the dribble, um, great key passing numbers, almost two per game there, um, solid passing all around. Uh, I don't, I don't know what happened, but I had his XG stuff, but it wasn't bad. It was good. It was respectable. Um, you know, we'll kind of talk about second and third choices here in a bit. It was really close and I could have gone with any player that was kind of in that that group. But I, I don't know why, but I'm giving the nod to old Edgar Castillo. I think it's a fair shout. Honestly, I, I, there's a couple things that kind of prevented me from, from going with him. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, like you said, we had tons. We probably, what, I, I had no, I at least started with about 100 names. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even after I cut that those names down quite a bit, he was still kind of in that ringer until the, the this morning, yeah. uh, just thinking about it. So, uh, yeah. All right, so yeah. who's your uh, who, who's center back number one? Center back number one for me. Uh, this was uh, another one that, very close, uh, obviously. I don't, I'm not going to say that on everything from here on out, because they're all very close except for one. Um, or two. <laughs> um, and that was... Uh, I went with Lala Abubakar, and I could have just as easily gone with Jonathan Mensah. Uh, I wanted to pick someone from Columbus. I think they're the team that has been... Um, you know, they got the lowest XGA of anything. I, I see a little more from Abubakar. I, I talked to some people that see a little more from Mensa, but they're pretty split on it. I just really like the kid, so I, I decided to uh, to give it to Lala Abubakar. You ready for this? Yeah. My center back? Yeah. Lawless Abubakar. Hey, we got our first hey. agreement. There we go. I think we yeah. might agree on our second center back, too. Uh, let's see. Uh yeah, so Las Bukar's been great. Uh, Columbus has been great defensively all around. So. Oh, they, they really have. And, you know, uh, Abubakar also has really, I think he leads all center backs right now in tackle percentage. Um, he also leads them in, uh, leads Columbus in defensive action per pass. Uh, the guy is just a really solid uh, individual. He's very active, but not just active, he's successfully active, right? We saw, um, yeah, we saw... We've talked about this before. Yeah, we saw hints of this last season, that there was a yeah. good center back there, but really this year he's coming to his own, and I'm, I'm happy to welcome uh, onto my team, as are you. Uh, for our second center back, um, I went with another guy that is part of a partnership that's good, that's dominant, uh, but he's my guy, and that's, that's Matt Besler, um, who, again, is just kind of the king of distribution out of the back and, and passing and... Um, you know, SKC's defense is once again really, really strong. I could have nodded uh, either, uh, you know, Beasler or um, Opari here, but I, I just went with Beasler. He, he, we'll get into honorable mentions. He was there for me. Um, I went with Aaron Long, who's that just, was, yeah, just yeah. dominant uh, as far as center backs have gone this year. He just is completely one of the. He, for me, on a defense that's very holistic, he's the one yeah. guy that stands out. Yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. Aaron Lowe's been amazing. Um, yeah, that was, there was, there's a lot of center backs. And uh, if we get to center, uh, honorable mentions, we'll get into that. But any, any number could have plugged in there. But, you know, I get to pick because it's my team. It's named after me. Right. Uh, uh, right back. <laughs> um, 
this was one of the ones that there was no question for me. And I, I, I assume we're going to have the same guy here, I hope. But uh, for me, the, this is all Graham Zuzzi. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I have Graham Zuzzi yeah. also. I, I have I have some second choices, but honestly, like this is one of the ones where there like, there was a clear positional winner, um, and uh, you got to give to Zuzi on both sides of the ball, uh, but especially offensively, he's been so dynamic. Five point eight uh, xA plus xG total for a right back—that's crazy. Three point eight expected assists. Like he's he's doing great work there in, in, in Kansas City now. Um, I remember that uh, I think it was was it Harrison or Joseph? It was Joseph that wrote that article um, that explained like how much Graham Zuzzi was making. SKC's offense tick, and that really stuck with me, and I've definitely seen that. No, and you can even see it in the articles that were published today uh, to where you look at uh, expected uh, possession, and you can see he's right at the very top as far as, like, who is who who is the one that starts everything, and it's him. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Okay, this is where we're going to get really contentious with people, and this is, again, where I have a lot of names, and I just had to pick three, but we've got kind of three center midfielders here. Um, we didn't specify how many had to be offensive or defensive. I went with two offensive, one kind of defensive. Um, but, uh, all right, do you want to start with, with your first guy? Uh, and I'll tell you right now, um, the, the next two choices were much more difficult. Uh, yeah. This one was a no-brainer for me, and that's uh, Maxi Morales, yeah, who I think is the first best center too. midfielder right now in MLS. Uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, kind of in that deeper role, yes, I would agree. Um, he's been amazing this year. He is the first name I have on my list here, too. Um, I don't know if I... Yeah, I, yeah I, I thought we might agree on Maxi Morales. That was kind of a no-brainer. So uh, who's, your number, who's your number two, then? <laughs> All right, number two. My other center midfielder is going to be, I think... Uh, not controversial with the general public. Um, Miguel Almiron, uh, who has been just, I think, imperious this year. I know he's got a lot of penalties, and that sort of can kind of make his stats look a little worse when we strip those. But for me, the guy's just been influential. I cannot think of a player that's just been more influential on his team than, than Miguel Almiron has. And he really just he really conducts that that very strong Atlanta attack and does pretty well defensively too. I. I I think for me, I know we'll, we'll disagree on this as we usually do, but you know, for me, this is my, this is my MVP guy so far. So, uh, he definitely gets the other offensive slot on my, on my. See, I, I kind of cheated. I, I have Elmeron, but I don't have him at center midfield and that's probably an oversight. I still had him as a, as a left wing. That's fine. So, I mean, he's kind of been a cam. I mean, I, I think that that's where he is like he's a 10 i mean that's kind of that that role he does that in every kind of formation but he has played forward he has played out wide but his most i think you know he's mostly known as a center midfielder so it was kind of weird yeah, because he's the, in that yeah, at this at this stage especially with uh Zigo barco finally being healthy and stuff um that's absolutely you're you're dead on but let's camp on almiron for a second because I absolutely agree with you. He is probably the most, uh, and I don't know if he, he's the best player right now in MLS. Um, I, I have my personal opinion, but I think he's up there. And I think what's not being talked about is the improvement he's made from year one in MLS to year two. It's been was, so, so good. Yeah. There was a lot of flash last year. Uh, There's a lot of substance this year to back it up. A lot. I've, I've been well, really impressed by him. That's a great way of saying that. That yeah. is an absolute great way because I feel like there's so many people that were like, "Oh, he's arrived," because you know he had, he had, and with all due respect, he had a great season, a very good season, very good season. Not great. This is great. This is what he's doing. Legitimately, is great, and he's his value is so much. Uh, yeah, you said substance. That that's that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. So, um, uh, the next center midfielder I have, this is kind of my more defensive one, and I'm looking at this now, and I, I, I kind of surprised like, I wound up on him. Uh, this one might be a little unpopular with people, but I'm going to throw a little hand out to Yoshi Yotun uh, with Orlando City, who's having a good season despite that team being a complete dumpster fire. Um, big in build-up, X-Chain, XB, uh, 2.2 key passes per game, really good defensive stats. I, you know, I think you plug him on a different team with a better back line, and you know, he's looking like a, an easy all-star pick for, for most people. Uh, his attacking numbers are, re- are very impressive. They really are. Um, 
I went kind of in the opposite direction. I, I went with uh, Ilya Sanchez. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because uh, between his defensive numbers and what he's meant to the buildup in sporting has just been like uh, there's a reason why they just completely continue to to tick. He's been he's really the one holdover in their center midfield uh, from last year. I guess Roger Espinoza as well, but I mean mm-hmm. Roger Espinoza is kind of his role is just continually changed and ca- continued to kind of uh, I guess just evolve uh whereas sanchez just continue to be that that rhythm that heartbeat uh defensively and in the just continuing to make these nice steady easy quick passes you know um it's really impressive to me um so that's that's who i went with um the my third center midfielder is going to be a little controversial okay um Beasler has the best num- passing numbers right now, uh, according to our expects- expected passing. Um, do you know who's number two? Alejandro Bedoya. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I no. went with, and look, oh, I dug no. through the numbers because I didn't no. want to believe it either. No. Bedoya has been, look, there's a reason why Philadelphia is one of the top attacking teams this year. And a lot of that has been due to Bedoya and how much water he's carrying. He has finally kind of settled into a nice role for Philadelphia. And while he doesn't have to be that end solution, he doesn't also have to be the start of it either. Like, Are Philadelphia's XG numbers that good? Because their actual goals numbers are terrible. Like, they're barely above the Sounders and tied with Colorado. No, their expected goals are are very good. Wow. Um, It's towards the top. I I know, I know. know. Uh, Most people people are going to roll my... It's funny because after... uh, (laughs) Drew's been gone, so I I think you and I have been uh, the ones that have been on the ASA uh, Twitter handle. Uh, Everyone's all tweeting stuff out. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know if you noticed, and you can go back later on and and check. There's someone that actually uh, yells at us every time CJ (laughs) Sabong misses a shot. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) So... uh, (laughs) That's yeah. fair. We did defend him a lot. Uh, that's great. We deserve it. We deserve it. Uh, okay. I mean, but just just for so just, Bedoya more than like Dokchal or Medunjanin. Like it's Bedoya. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, Medunde. I mean, the problem with him is that he doesn't do anything defensively. He's completely one sided, and yet he sits back at the six. I I, I felt kind of. Like I, there was definitely a toss-up between a lot of different players, and basically Bedoya is just kind of the one that fell in there. And I know our editor uh, Drew Olson is going to completely eat me alive for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I'm, but I'm texting. Uh, but right this now. was, the, as you said earlier, this is my team. I get to make the picks. You do. And just for just for reference, right now, um, Philadelphia uh, from patterns of play and expected goals. They currently are, well, instead of like giving you their number, you can just say they are just behind NYC and the attack. They're between NYC and uh, New York Red Bulls. I don't know if this, this just so, made me doubt all analytics. I just don't know. I don't believe it. <laughs> it's just to I say they're creating, the a lot of chan- they're creating yeah. lots of chances. I respect and, the courage, Harrison. It takes a, a very courageous man to get up and say, Alejandro Batoya is an all-star. <laughs> and look, I, I I've been really critical of him over the last over the last few years. Correctly, I, yes. Uh, I've just been really impressed once I started digging through the numbers of what type of job he's done for Philadelphia this year. All right, center mids always contentious, always contentious. Uh, you kind of revealed your left winger already, and that you sort of mispositioned, but I'll allow it because he's a flexible player, uh, Miguel Almaron, correct? Yeah. Uh, okay, for me, left winger, um, I'll go with Alexander Katai. Wow. Uh, 8.6 expected goals plus assists, 8 actual goals and 2 assists. Uh, he's become the best player on that Chicago Fire team, amazingly. Um, they just announced that they made that deal permanent, and that is fantastic news for them. Uh, he's also very high up in my running for Newcomer of the Year. I've just been really, really impressed with what this guy brings. He's all attack, all direct, uh, you know, but that's kind of something that I think Chicago needs and fits well there, and he's a guy I want on my team. 
Okay, fair enough. Uh, mm, let's get, let's move over to the other side of the wing. Uh, let's go right wing. Yeah, this one should be a. Uh, this, this is, is a, this few. is a slam dunk. This right? is the consensus pick, and our, our both of our captains, I assume, of the uh, the American soccer analysis all star team. Uh, this is obviously Albert Elise. Right, and, and look, when I talk about you know Almiron being maybe the best player, Elise is the only other player that I'm considering in that pool. Right, like there's it, it's it's two. Um, and I get it. Houston isn't in a playoff spot right now. Everybody's kind of wondering what's what's going on with that. Are, sometimes they blow leads. Sometimes they completely recover in short time spans. Um, but despite that, the highs, highs, the low lows, Albert Elise has been the most dynamic attacking figure in MLS on the break. Um, Miguel Almiron is great, and I'm not taking anything away from him. He's he's good regardless of if he's on the break or if he's in possession. Mm-hmm. Elise gets the ball and just does awful things to people. Yeah, he's he's a force. Uh, you know, fast. He can dribble. Um, he can shoot. He can pass. Uh, I think <clears throat> you know. There's a sort of I will say this. I don't want to... Okay, I'm going to regret doing this later, but I'm just going to jump in because I already... My mind went there. Comparing Almiron and Elise is not super different from comparing Messi and Ronaldo. Like, they're kind of similar archetypes of players. Almiron's going to be more of a creator. He's going to kind of sit back a little further. Elise is going to be very direct, very fast, running at people, getting shots, uh, kind of creating havoc that way. Um so, yeah, I mean, for me, like, either one of those players could be, like, MVP running right now. Like, those are the two best players in the league for, for my money, and I guess for yours, too. Um, no, but, I, I think that's actually, you know, honestly, I think that's a perfect comparison. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't want to, like, obviously they're not as good as those players that we mentioned, but they're very, very good for this league and very, very good in this league. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> I said that Morales was the first name on my sheet, but it was actually Albert Elise, of course, I think, was that. So, um, all right, let's do... <laughs> This is going to upset people because I think I assume neither of us picked two. Everybody thinks we should have picked uh, right for our yeah. striker. <laughs> well, the two the two players that everyone thinks that we should pick. Yeah, uh, for me, um, gotta give it to my guy uh, Bradley Wright Phillips. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, you don't like it? No, I love it. Yeah, that's what uh, I got too. That's yeah. exactly what best I have. Best XG plus XA from open play. Um, you know, the question is going to be where it's Justin Martinez, and the answer is that he is my he's my second choice. Yeah, and, and look, um, I, I, there's there's all these different flavors of strikers, right? We just kind of talked about wingers, but f- let's distill it down to strikers, right? There's guys that just score, and that's Joseph Martinez. That is uh, kind of Ola Kamara right now, even though he's kind of basically been demoted to a winger. Nicolaj. Yeah, Nikolic, um, Giazzi Zardes. These guys are guys that are just going to score. And then you have guys that basically are uh, creators. Um, they're not quite false nines, but um, they're not far from it. That's, you know, the David Villas. Uh, you know, so there's there's probably uh, there's probably a couple others. Yeah, um, Trivinko is this of. kind of player. I mean, to a degree, he's definitely shot heavy. Uh, this is a new aspect almost to Bradley Wright Phillips' game, I believe. I think we looked at this and saw that like these kind of the way he's passing and creating is is not something that he has really done a lot in the last couple of years. Right, so. but it's not just it's not just that, right? It, it it's yeah. this whole whole aspect. He's he's also high up in the DFAs. He's uh, he's high up in everything. He yeah. there's not anything specifically he's not doing. Right. He's just basically said, "Okay, I know for the last few years I've been pretty good at passing. I haven't created a lot of shots, but I'm going to do that now. And oh, by the way, now that we want to be a a pressing team and really own the press, I'm going to do that, too. And I'm going to be good at it. And I'm also going to do it at the age of 34 or I feel like that. I mean, I think Bradley Wright Phillips gets a lot of credit and a lot of praise. And I still don't think it's like enough for everything he's accomplished since coming over here. You know, considering the, like who he was when he came over and who he's become here, I, I don't think we're going to fully appreciate this until he's gone for a couple of years. And we look back and go, like, man, Bradley Wright Phillips, I really miss having that guy in this league. No, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think Bradley Wright Phillips is, uh, he's going to be somebody that we definitely miss uh, and we don't even quite realize it. Um, the, the amount of time that he's... Uh, <sighs> that he's spent at the Red Bulls and what he's accomplished there in spite of at every 
moment either being replaced uh and, and the red bulls have tried to replace him multiple times they've tried to um they they basically doubted him once Thierry Henry was going to leave. You know, this isn't yeah. like he's just been well, successful from I mean, the they start. haven't really replaced him, but they've always hedged their bets on Rally Wright Phillips. And sure. he's yet to give them a good reason to do that, to have to, it, to call those chips in. And, sure. and they're very lucky that that's the No, I, I okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So, yeah, I, I think, what do we have? We had three, four, five players in common. Five, that's pretty good. Five of 11. All right, uh, all right. So for me, I was gonna let's do this. Uh, your pick I like the least is six. All right, <laughs> your pick I like the least. I can't get my head around. I'm gonna have to look at numbers to see what you're even talking about. Is Adonella? Okay. Uh, I think <laughs> you did not like. You did not care for Alexander Katai. Uh, Katai is fine. Um, he didn't make my honorable mention, but um, that, that I just think I think outside of center midfield, uh, finding wingers is right now we're truly blessed. Uh, yeah, it's definitely the position of of the greatest, uh, the the most well stocked larder in Major League Soccer right now are these wingers. Yeah, I mean you, you could th- there's so many and um, no the. Who was it? There was one. Oh, uh, no, I hated Bedoya the most. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, yes, there you are. Uh, next um, week is going to be an episode all about Alejandro Bedoya and everything I've learned from you this week. So y- Yoshi Otoon was probably, or not Yoshi Otoon. Um, oh, Edgar Castillo is, is uh, the one that I disliked the most. And here's why. He has uh, the worst... Uh, and if we're going to use a thousand minutes being uh, qualified, he has the worst passing uh, uh, score for uh, qualified fullbacks. Oh, really? That's not as okay to me. And, and that's kind of. I didn't look at his um, key score. I, I didn't even notice until I, I was arguing with uh, on the twitters.com with Mark over jo- uh, Jordan McCrary um, and him being uh, not decent. Um, yeah, he's not decent. No, he's not. And so. Uh, Edgar Castillo, I, I opened up that bottle and it's like one of those things that I wish I didn't see because oh, wow. I really like Edgar Castillo uh, in principle, but yeah. um, it, it moved him off the left back list. This was, my, it, this was my reach pick. This is the one I wanted to distinguish myself. Maybe, maybe I overreached. I, there probably were safer picks, but I really like Edgar Castillo. All right, so let's, let's do the subs. Who's your All backup right, so, goalkeeper? Uh, Timilia. Okay. It was him. I mean, it, I don't think there could be a safer pick for, for this. Uh, it, him and Matt Turner have kind of been neck and neck on all my metrics. I, I, I prefer in goalkeepers. Um, so that was, that was pretty easy for me. I, I, did, I did Matt Turner be just because he, he does absolutely uh, warrant. Um, and I assume that you're going to go with Matt Turner to start as, as you did. Uh, yeah. So Fair enough. really easy. Uh, my backup outside back is Harrison Awful. Okay. All right. I went the other side. Uh, you went with Valenzuela? Yeah, so, uh, which to me, uh, just kind of as a, kind of a safe pick after, you know, going with uh, Jimmy Mujanda, so. Yeah, uh, I kind of figure Harrison might be able to do a good job of being on either side if he needs to be, you know. If I got to go to the bench in this game. There can uh, only be one Harrison. There can only be one Harrison. Uh, he should have been on Harrison's heavy hitters. Uh, my other center back was the other part of this second thing with the two KC, two S, you guys. And I, I, I grabbed Ike just because he's Ike. I want Ike on my team. I always want Ike on all my teams. Uh, I totally get that. You know, I'm a huge yeah. fan of you could've, Ike I think Opara. you could have made a good case for Mensa, too, or Collins. I mean, there's a lot of good players. Like Matt Hedges also is a guy that's been really, really good. Uh, what, what did you do? So I, I kind of went a different route. Uh, and that okay. is, I went to... Atlanta and got uh, Perez. Uh, I got Le- yeah, uh, Leonardo Gonzalez Perez. Um, yeah, he's in my Arnolds. Yeah, he's just so good. And uh, I, I, going through all the data that I did, um, he kept his name kept coming up in different things. Um, I suppose, yeah, Jonathan Mensa is somebody that you'd definitely gone with. Um, could I know I left Matt Beasler off the list ultimately and Ike Opara, um, but. 
Um, Atlanta has got some really good expected goals uh, numbers as far as defensively. And yeah. I, I just I wanted to kind of like uh, reward them, I guess. Yeah, kinda, you know, hey, look, I don't hate you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, this is interesting, too. Like, uh, overall, I kind of found something interesting. Like, like LEFC is actually like the highest scoring team. And I would have thought that was Atlanta. No, yeah, that's that's absolutely well. That's because they have like, uh, yeah, they're uh, crazy we'll, right we'll, now. Yeah, we'll go yeah, that, into we'll that, that later. Probably, we need to talk LAFC next week or the week after that because what they're doing is absurd right now. Um, but it highlighted to me that Atlanta has actually been very good defensively, like very strong defensively, and I kind of see that as like a collective unit, like as a uh, as a whole thing. I had a hard time isolating out Perez. It's like this is my guy in it. Uh, but he's in my honorable mentions. He surely is like the most noticeable in that kind of formation. But 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 I hear you. I hear you, man. That's that's a perfectly fine pick, and, and one we'd all be lucky to have on our side. Um, Parkhurst has been really good too. Yeah, Parkhurst is one that <laughs> a few people were trying to whisper in my ear, um, and and he is also an honorable mention. Uh, any Atlanta player really could probably be an honorable mention in this list at this point. Um, so uh, my last defensive guy, I went and got a defensive midfielder, and you're welcome, Drew. I don't even. This is the only reason I'm doing it. I'm giving you your all-star pick here as as the editor of American Soccer Analysis. But here's Diego Chara. There you go. I and, almost did that as well. So and he's I did good. He's good. He's good. I looked at the numbers. He's good. He's not somebody I would have picked out, obviously. Um, but but he's good. He's he's very very good. He's having a very good season. Um, he 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 deserves to be here as much as anybody. So um, that's. Uh, it, <laughs> I had done the same thing, and then someone kind of got into my ear. And I started looking at it, and I went a different way. I went and took him off the list, and I was like, uh, double birds, uh, Drew. I'm going with Alexander Ring, who yeah. um, just – <laughs> yeah. look, he's no, phenom- yeah. He's a plus yeah. passer. He's a plus you know, 70% tackle uh, success-wise. Uh, his DFAs are in the uh, 10% range uh, for the team. So he's obviously a critical piece. And then, uh, yeah. That's, I mean, I don't really have to give you all these caveats, but that's my line of thinking. Yeah. I think I kind of favored to go with someone that wasn't an actual all-star when I could. Um, And so that, that, you know. Ring deservedly made the actual team, so so oh, good job. Okay. Out See, I Ring. actually don't. Aside from Elise and uh, Almiron, I I didn't actually look at any of the rest of the list, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple that appeared on there, but but that's fine. Like that's a perfectly acceptable pick. So you're welcome, Drew. Yell at Harrison. Uh, for my attacking subs, I'm just going to name all three here. Just get through these. Um, obviously, Joseph Martinez first off the bench. Um, you know, I what what can you not say about Joseph Martinez? Uh, he, on any year where Bradley Wright Phillips wasn't doing literally everything, he would be the, the runaway choice here. Golden boot. Uh, you could say he's the best tracker in MLS, and I would have a very hard time arguing down with all the information provided uh, and all the things that he's accomplished. Uh, so uh, I, I, in a 4-4-2, he would, he would make the starting lineup over a midfielder. But just because we can only pick one is the only reason he didn't make the top. So Joseph Martinez is my first attacking sub. My second attacking sub might surprise people, but a guy I really like this year, Danny Hosen. Um, hmm. And then my third attacking sub is Tajiri Shirati, who I think can kind of fill in on any of those spots and be very useful on this team. Okay. Um, Here's the thing. I did not go with Diamande because it was it was too little. It was too little. No, to- doing- totally yeah. fair. I, I, had the, I had the same conundrum, so I, I'll give you a pass on uh, Diamande, and you know we'll, we'll move on through that. But, uh, again, there's so many attacking players yep. um, that it's almost hard, especially this year. There's been such a change uh, in paradigm in terms of, like what makes a successful attacker, mm-hmm. right? Like so, beforehand, as long as you were over that uh, that fifty five marker, that meant you were really good. And now it's just kind of like, eh, you're average. Yeah, for sure. And it's so it's such a weird uh, change of it. I did uh, Thomas Martinez, who oh wow, uh, okay, his All expected right. buildup is uh, higher than anybody else uh, when it comes to... I'm sorry, he's second behind uh, in holding midfielders Mm -hmm. um, behind Sanchez. Uh, He's a plus passer. He's been really good at times. He's part of the reason why Elise has gotten on the end of so many of those opportunities. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, Again, just going off of... You know I'm a kind of a fanboy right now for uh, Houston's attack, so that's where that kind of where I ended up on that. <laughs> All right. Um, 
Carlos Villa is the best like winger not named Almiron or Elise in my book. Um, yeah. Well, Almiron's not even a winger, so well, just okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but, but fair enough. Yeah, he's 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 definitely he he just missed my cut. So that's who I went with, and then of course uh, Joseph Martinez. So yeah, nice and easy. Um, all right, this is the part I'm actually looking forward to the most. This is just going to be some players I think are good. I don't have to justify any of it because we don't have enough time, so I'm just going to say players I like that we did not already discuss. <laughs> okay. uh, Teal Bunbury. Not uh, on my list. Diego Fagundes. Not on my list. Milton Valenzuela. Uh, yes. Jonathan Mensa, Alexander Ring, Alexander Callens, Carlos Vea, Marco yes. Urena, Matt Hedges. I almost okay. So true story. I almost had Marco Urena in front of uh, Joseph Marie, uh, Martinez. Yes. Well, that that would have been a rough sell for me. But that, that, I, at this stage, yes. But you know, at the beginning the game, of the year, like five games in, yeah, you could have convinced me. I okay. Think, I think at that time. All right, Kendall Waston. Uh, just always Kendall Wastoning. He's good. He he definitely made my list as well. Uh, Blanco from Portland. Uh, almost, almost honorable mes- mention. I took him off. Took him off. I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw a bone to Barco in Atlanta. I think he has been very, very good. I think so as well. I yeah. also have him on my list. You know, not not the most expensive player in MLS history. Good, but but good. A very good player for a young kid. Goodbye, goodbye for Atlanta. They're gonna make a profit on him in a couple of years, and that's that's good business. Yes, um, I, I definitely agree. Would not mind having him out there. Uh, Perez was another player from Atlanta that made that list for me. Uh, just people I like. Gressel uh, was the other one from Atlanta that just the guy I like. Um, I, I, I didn't have Gressel because I still am... You're unconvinced. Th- it's not that I'm unconvinced. I think he's a really great uh, kind of Swiss Army knife. Mm-hmm. I think he has definite... Uh, there's definitely things that he does really well. Uh, his work on the press is amazing. His... When he's out at right back, I re or right wing, um, not right like right yeah, wing yeah, back yeah. type sure, of, sure, sure. In, in that uh, Tata formation. Um, I, I really like him. I still have a lot of problems with trying to swallow him as an eight. I I don't think that's necessarily where he's best utilized. Yeah. Um, but he's such a he definitely is one of those guys that just covers a lot of acreage and. Uh, I kinda, yeah, I mean, I kind of like him that wing back hero. I think that plays well to his strengths, and he, you know, he gets on the end of passes, and I think he provides well, or at least he knows enough to pass Tal Moran, which maybe isn't the best, the most impressive skill, but it, it is. It does pay dividends for this team. So, well, um, exactly, and sometimes it's just having the the heads up that hey, this is how I need to, this is how I need to operate to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you you don't get penalized because you pass to the best player on your team. You get penalized when you don't. Yeah, when because you lose then the ball. it leads to dispossessions, and you know things yeah. things can happen. Yeah. Um, I, I find also that he doesn't serve as good of a cross as people. He he's had a couple of assists off of crosses that yeah, made people think sort of that, clouds that he's like a fantastic crosser. He's not. He's actually a wildly inaccurate crosser. Yes. Well, not wildly. You know. I, yeah, I that's wildly, okay. That's a little bit accentuating, but not yes. great. Not a great crosser. But I agree with you that the three good crosses have sort of tainted everyone's opinion of him. Um, but but he is a great player in my opinion, a very good young kid. I really like the kid a lot, and uh, proud to name him as an honorable mention to this team. And should there be a number of injuries to my team, he will be there in my lineup. Um, goalkeeper wise, I wanted to give a shout out to Fry, who has been been good but not great this year. Uh, but I still think one of the better keepers in the league, just dealing with a bad situation. Uh, similarly, uh, Evan Bush has faced a, ter- a you know just a horrible season. Um, Montreal have gotten better in the last few weeks, which is interesting to me and something that probably deserves some discussion at some point. Uh, but, you know, his numbers are <clears throat> really high because he's faced so many shots, but he's saved a good number of them. He saved the most shots of any keeper, like, from inside the box, from inside the six, uh, I believe. So, like, I thought Evan Bush deserved, you know, a little recognition. I have, uh, likewise, I kind of have Nick Romando, who's had, yeah, had a really Nick good Romando. season. And yep. then uh, Richard Sanchez, who uh, who's also been... You you just like Richard Sanchez. No, like who you just like. Oh, yeah, I just those are two guys that I like. Um, yeah. Other guys you didn't mention, uh, Reggie Cannon, 
uh, Keegan uh, Rosenberry. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, both really good. Uh, left back, uh, Ashley Cole, who's having a dynamite uh, 70 minutes every game. Um, and then afterwards, um, perceivably just like walks off the field um, yeah. because he can't continue doing what he's kind doing. mad. Yeah. Um, Daniel Lovitz is having a great year speaking I of Montreal. Daniel Lovitz, right? He was next on my list for sure. I like Daniel Lovitz. Uh, I, I very much like him. Uh, Laurent Simon, um, still chugging along, now doing free kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Hedges, really mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. Beasler, Keynes, uh, Waston. Uh, so central midfield. How, did you go through your central midfield yet? I, I, I don't remember. I don't really have these in positional order. I will say that I have two guys that would qualify for that that um, did not make this list, unfortunately, just because of circumstance. Uh, one was my favorite player of the first month, and I, I can't believe we lost him. We lost him so soon. <clears throat> but I'm still going to give Felipe Gutierrez a chance to get healthy and get on this oh, That's team. a good shout. Because I love that guy. And even though we didn't see him long, but what we saw was outstanding. I also have Victor Vasquez, who's been really the only good part of a disastrous Toronto. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Osorio has not been bad at that's times. True. He's ha- he's that's had some true. really interesting uh, moments, yeah, but he's true. he's also been inconsistent. So yeah. um, Vasquez yeah. has been kind of hurt too, so it's hard to give. But I want to shout out to somebody on Toronto, and I think Vasquez has been their their best guy there. Uh, also, left backs we did not mention, or outside backs, uh, Tinnerholm. You know, oh York's. yeah, I I I don't write him. Uh, yeah, I like his offense. I don't like his defense. Obviously, I think that's the thing. But if you want a very good offensive back, I think he's he fits the bill. Uh, also, the other side, Ben Sweat, I think has been a really solid. Oh, that's that's a good shout. Yeah, uh, left back as well for for NYCFC, and and he could have made my list. I I probably should have picked him over Castillo. Now that I I regret everything, but. Uh, <laughs> you know it's fine uh, that's all I really have listed there I mean like, did you have anybody else we haven't talked about uh, so three specific guys that I want to shout out real fast Mark Anthony K yeah um, oh I missed him good call <laughs> yes I very much like it just kind of lines up in terms of analytics and the eye test right yeah um, uh, Rome uh, Kyoto um, who's just been yes oh yes, I forgot yes. Kyoto too yeah that's, yeah. that's on me uh, good call and then Alfonso Davies. And I really want to do an experiment, um, it, not necessarily experiment, but just dive a little bit deeper. He has an amazing, he's actually the only uh, winger when I went to basically do cutoffs for total amounts yeah. of defensive actions and tackle percentage. He's the only attacking player that was left. And I know that he's played some time at fullback. Um, so I don't know how much that's. Uh, kind of basically messing with the, the the sample size but for this season he's been really good as far as um when he has to tackle and also he has the most in terms of the sample that i had uh attacking defensive action so defensive actions in the final third uh, yeah. he had like something like 15 in that uh, and that was for people that had a uh I think 70 or 80% of their tackles successful. So, yeah. Um, oh, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic made my list. Gotta give him credit. He's, he's done well. He, yes, he hasn't, he's, that, that's he hasn't a good... saved the Los Angeles Galaxy by any stretch of the imagination or fixed the Los Angeles Galaxy, but I think it'd be hard to look at Zlatan Ibrahimovic's play and say that it's been anything but very good. And, and Can I the... say that this has been my favorite version of the Galaxy in the last 10 years? You can. Um, I know a lot of people would hate that take, and they will, and I'll probably edit it out just to spare us. Um, I, I honestly, I think <laughs> I there's so yeah. much the, right now, and I th- and I just if they could just do away with Siggy and just bring in somebody that was like, um, who coached the the earthquakes last year? Oh, Chris Leach, whatever was that yes. his name? Yes, that's who I want to come in and coach the rest of the Galaxy season, and just be like. Here's here's what we're doing. We're not even Ashley Cole's going to play defense, and that's it. Okay. Well. <laughs> all right. That seems like a good time to end on as anything. Uh, this has been a good, uh, been a good experiment. I, I think we agreed on more than we disagreed on, and uh, like I said, we're going to put some of this stuff up on the website with maybe a little more in depth justification. Maybe a couple edits. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, definitely, we want to get you uh, on Twitter having your say. Uh, you know, be nice. But you know, if you like the player, let us know. We don't mind that at all. Uh, you can follow us 
on Twitter at Analysis Evolved. Uh, it's just great. You can find Harrison on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. You can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Um, go to our website, www.americansocceranalysis.com. Um, I'm editing this week, so there's bound to be more mistakes than usual. Uh, but we did have two articles go up today about an interesting new metric that, uh, you know, kind of kicking around, but we wanted to share it with you, um, uh, you know, from, from two, two, two great writers uh, uh, about XGP. I don't know if you, if you read that, Harrison, but, but I thought that was some interesting stuff there. thought it was great. Harrison thought it was great, so there you go. Uh, but be sure to check us out. We got more stuff going up this week. Um, and uh, next week, we're going to kind of be back more towards the normal format. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, talking deep diving on things, got some stats of the week, the stuff that you've grown to know and love. Uh, but uh, hit us up on Twitter if you got any suggestions or questions, and we'll do uh, our best to address them uh, the next time we record. Uh, until then. Uh, enjoy the World Cup final, and, uh, and, and and I hope you do a good job of filling your your, your the World Cup sized hole in your life afterwards. Uh, either way, we'll see you next week. Until then, enjoy the soccer. Yeah.